good, the bad, the ugly. Welcome to Sustain Nutrition's podcast, Chewing the Fat, where Joe and James will be discussing all things good, bad and ugly regarding training and nutrition. So pull up your pants, put your best foot forward and get ready for some serious oral pleasure. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Joe and James. Sustain Nutrition, Chewing the Fat. Podcast episode 46. 40 Bofo 6, just my age. Joe, what are we talking about? You don't know because I just wrote it. Dieting <laughs> dilemmas. So, <laughs> this has been inspired a little bit by the 28 day fat loss challenge that we have started running this week. So, we're going to go over some of the issues that people have been having there. And give solutions, input, ideas, etc. Yes, so if you didn't catch last episode or if you're not on the challenge, where the hell have you been? Get your head out your ass. Um, running a 28 day challenge, uh, it's very, very busy group. We've got about 360 people in there. So, as you can imagine, starting off, there's a lots and lots and lots of questions going around. Some valid, some not so valid. <laughs> um, so, we're going to kind of go through. What to concentrate on, what not to concentrate on, kind of what should be your focus and what you're possibly stressing about that really has very little to zero effect on your results. What have you seen most in the group then, aside from photos of meals that look like they've been made by eight-year-olds? Oh, how very dare you. <laughs> um, there's just a lot of people not focusing on the main things. So, oh, I'm, what a surprise. That's yeah. what I was going to say too. I get it, and I think it's unfortunate that the dieting industry has been kind of built on very strict rules that people feel they need to follow. So I, let's throw it back. Let's throw it back to back back when me and you were just puppies um, at Virgin, and I remember I was kind of following like a paleo style diet. So I was kind of eating very natural food, so lots of meats and lots of veggies and not really kind of eating any bread or pasta or anything like that, no kind of modified grains, etc. Then I was having some turkey burgers with some salad and some sweet potato wedges. I remember it like it was yesterday. <laughs> did you see all? It wasn't, yeah, I did a stacking one. Um, and then I put some tomato ketchup on my burgers because ketchup is delicious. Uh, and turkey burgers can be dry, especially with microwave comes <laughs> two days prior. And one of the other PCs was like, who was also like kind of following a paleo thing, was like, oh, well, you can't have that. That's not paleo. Like I was going to, like my body was going to reject any kind of food that I was eating because I just had something that wasn't technically air brackets paleo. Um, I feel like I've gone off on one there. No, not at all. I was thinking that, but you know, crack on. Um, yeah, so it's just that idea that people think that if they break like one set of rules, so if it's, you're following some kind of paleo diet and you have something that's maybe from the modern world, then that diet is ruined. If you, you know, you have to go keto, you have to, you know, do X, Y, and Z, whatever it is. And the fact is, you don't have to have a very, very strict set of rules to make progress. You just need to be sensible and not eat like a seven-year-old at a party. Yeah, one of the things that, so a lot of people have been saying, can I eat this, can I eat that? 
for posting photos of food and just kind of trying to then assess whether or not they can have it or in certain portions, you know, and every single variant or different approach you could take to that. But none of this has been white wine, chocolate, ice cream, pizzas, because people know not to eat those things. However, they're the things that people overeat to gain weight. You know, the vast majority of cases, you don't get people who, when I say to them, what are the foods that take you further from their goals, that the case is actually lower calorie food. People might think it is. Couscous and options hot chocolate. People might think it's those things, but it never ever is in my experience. And it's just this, one you know, one thing I said in the group was someone saying, I forgot what they were talking about, the carbs, I was saying, if anyone, they're saying the nutrition industry is very confusing. And I was saying that people, if anyone's pushing an agenda really hard, it's because they're trying to make money. So for example, saying that, Fat is really bad for you. So you write a book that says fat's really bad for you. You're going to push that really hard and say it has a massive impact to try and sell copies of your book. You're not going to say it has a negative impact. Actually, carries what matters because that's boring and unsexy. You control that. And it's, and it's not new. And this is why diets kind of come in cycles. Whenever anything new comes out, people will jump on it, give it a go because they're hoping that the missing link is just something they've not been doing by accident. You know, they've been trying their hardest. They've been doing everything right but the long and short of it is they haven't, otherwise they'd be where they want to be. So just be aware, you know, people say that the nutrition industry argues with itself, it probably agrees on 95% yeah. of the topics, it's 5% that they then argue and write about to make money and people buy into it. Unfortunately, not to be rude, it's just not that confusing. People just tend to make it confusing in their approach to the foods that they eat. Yeah, you've got to, like Joe said, you've got to concentrate on your squeaky wheel which is going to be wine, Prosecco, crisps, chocolate, emotional eating, boredom eating, you know, um, rewarding yourself with food, weekends, stuff like that. That's what needs to be addressed. Whatever brought you to the party is what you need to focus on. So if you emotionally eat, if you always go to shit on a weekend, if you have three takers a week and you, you know, drink four to five bottles of wine a week. Under it in the morning or eat no veg and then binge in the evening. It's my turn to talk, Joe. Um, I think you're fine as <laughs> But you don't need to worry about if couscous is contains wheat or not. You know that's not what's made you gain weight in the first place. You need to oil that squeaky wheel and not worry so much about the other ones that are quite happily rolling along. Um, so I think yeah, just the for me one of the dilemmas is people trying to force themselves to be absolutely perfect and not you know focusing on minor things over majors. Always merges on minors. The other massive problem with that is a lot of people suffer with a fear of failure. So they feel like they have one blip and they quit and they give in or they, they binge. And if you think that having tomato sauce on your sweet potato wedges is a failure, or having white rice instead of brown, or white rice instead of couscous, or whatever it may be, then you're going to fail all the damn time. You know, some the other day I had a lint chocolate and put a sad face on their message. Like, that is 40, 50 calories. It doesn't matter, like, Compared in the slightest. To what you used to have? So you just need to wind your neck in a bit sometimes and just accept that that's not your issue and if you're viewing that as a failure then you just need to be more realistic with yourself and to ask yourself is this actually a failure go you know take the emotion out of it which is oh no I've not done the right thing and look at the facts of it is this going to be enough for you to lose weight more than likely yes oh my god more than likely yes you know we'll, we'll find out the results next week and see but I would imagine a lot of people are going to have lost weight in this week one because I've seen loads of good meals yeah. they've been more than close enough so you need to like 
Fear of failure is an interesting one. It's not something I know loads about. I would like to do some reading on it. But the obvious answer is just going to be to be more realistic with yourself and to, to question the internal chatter that's saying you failed and say, well, have I actually failed? Is this better than before? Am I going to make progress? Am I making progress? And odds on, yes, you are. So just lighten up on it a little bit. Yeah, I think if you on start yourself, off... Sorry. Shut up. If you start off with the idea that you will fail, you will, you will fail, you will fail, you will fuck up. It's, it's, it's inevitable. It's inevitable. Inevitable. That's my jerky chant. Uh, it's it's going to happen. You need to expect it. Don't ever think that you're going to go perfect. Probably, probably yeah. a week. Yeah, yeah, perfect. You know, without making some bits up. But you know, like we say to our clients, you know, you, you, our clients will check in with us daily. They'll send through the food diary. Can't speak. Send through the food diary, and we'll be able to kind of re- review that feedback to them. Food diary. Shut up. Tell them where they might possibly. I think I'm having a stroke. <laughs> possibly need to change. Need to tweak. Um, and then sometimes if they've had a really bad day or what they deem is a really bad day, they won't want to send it in. But they're the most valuable ones, the ones where you mess up and then we can look at what went wrong, why we think it went wrong, how we can prevent it from happening again. Like Joe mentioned earlier, you know, did they massively undereat during the day, which caused them to you know, end up wanting to binge in the evening? It's an easy fix, but if we can't see that, if you try and go, I'm just going to draw a line under it. Tomorrow's a new day. Then nothing changes. And then, you know, next week you'll undereat during the day and you'll do the same thing. So expect failure, but learn from it. You know, don't waste it. It's a wasted opportunity if you don't learn from it. That leads nicely into kind of the, You're the welcome. Point, I think, which would be a refusal to assess. And it's kind of what you just said there, but I've just read someone's comment now and just comment, I'm posting, I'm commenting on it. And they said... I lost, you know, I lost loads of weight. I felt really good. These things happened, and I slipped back into my old habits. So this is what I'm doing now. I'm like, whoa, 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 let's not look at what you're doing now, but let's look at what foods did you go back to? What exactly happened? What were your shitty coping mechanisms that meant that you rebounded? Because we know you can lose weight, but what we know also know is we know you can't keep it off. We know that you've still got certain habits and certain triggers and go-to foods which are undoing your progress. And you see this so often with people when they come back and they go, I just need to get back in the groove. Actually, we already know you can get in the groove. We need to know where it is that you went wrong and what you're going to do next time to change it up because that's what you've proven you can't do. You know, we don't need to do more of what you can do. We need to do more of what you can't do or where you struggle, you know, your weakest link. It's no good if we do the same thing you did six months ago, you lose weight again, and then you bang it all back on next time something tumultuous happens in your life. So you've got to look at your relationship with food and your coping mechanisms because just saying, I'm going to try harder, I'm not going to do it again, isn't going to work. Like, just Because you're trying hard in the first place. It's one of the more frustrating things when you ask people, kind of what you're going to do different. I'm going to try harder. So you weren't trying hard in the first place? Of course you were. You need to try smarter. You need to try in a different way or a slightly tweaker approach. People often will just say, as well, well, you know, nothing bad's going to happen or it's different because I've changed my job or whatever it may be, something else is gonna come up. No one's life is, you know, blip free because even if you, you know, you retire or you win the lottery, there's still gonna be things that are gonna throw your mood off, they're gonna make your day and your life harder. And you will, if your coping mechanism is, is food and drink, then you're gonna go back to that. So that's why you need to look at it because your life is just, you know, I did the talk the other day on, on one of the podcasts about everyone being at a seven out of 10. That's true for rich people, celebrities, you know, everything. Your life will always have negatives in. And if you think that you're going to just live on this 10 out of 10, where everything's going brilliantly and your mood's not going to be knocked, then you're in for a rude awakening, unfortunately. It's just going to keep happening. So you've just got to be honest with yourself. 
and look at those coping mechanisms. I had someone binge one time on a four pack of biscuits because someone unexpectedly died on Holby City. Glad you said on Holby City there, because otherwise City. I could have probably forgiven you. Someone died. Someone died on Holby City. So we've got so far focusing on minors over majors. Uh, we've got a refusal to kind of review and look at yourself. And we get that it's uncomfortable because no one wants to see, particularly where they failed. But you've just got to keep on trying and you've got to review. You know, you've just got to. If not, then the same shit is going to happen. It's the old Einstein quote, isn't it? It's uncomfortable, isn't it? It's not very nice to look at where you failed. That is the whole point. Like, change is hard because the opposite, not changing, is really easy. So you can't it's, expect it's a change. Entity, to, isn't you it? can't expect change to be easy because it's challenging what you're already doing. I think you've missed one out. Sweating the small stuff, refusing to analyse. There's one in the middle. No, no. Obviously, a belter. Killer. Uh, I think the next one for me would be people setting off too hard or trying to make too uh, bigger changes too quickly, unnecessarily. So the reason we've started off the challenge with people who've never worked with us before, we're just asking them to add more nutrient-dense foods to their days. So we're asking them to have protein at each meal, two servings of veggie day, and then try and hit around two liters of water. That's it. You know, we're not saying don't eat any chocolate, don't drink any booze. You know, it's not a challenge like that, like really, really try and break yourself. Which you're never going to do for 29 yeah. days. We're looking for something that we want to be able to do sustainably long term. So I think a lot of people, like someone commented, they were trying to do the full 10 habits and they're like, because I want to maximize my fat loss. Like, what is the fucking rush? I get, you know, everyone wants to have fast results. But it's got to be in a sustainable way. Like, How many you know, times are you going to do yeah, the show? You want to do the fucking three-day military diet that I just did a review on. Or you know, I just quite like to do the one-day uh, six-pack diet. The one day, up, but it doesn't work. The one-week millionaire work week. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, so a bit of patience, a bit of realism, being sensible. I think for me, you know, is not just going well. You know, if I do this one thing, but if I do twenty things. You know, you're going about the power of one. Mm. If you focus on changing a few... Go on about. Yeah, if you, if you, you know, two or three sensible things, then you're much more likely... You don't even like I am, bro. Much more likely to be able to succeed at them as opposed to trying to change your entire life again, pissed off. And giving in and ending it back where you started. That, yeah. You know, one step forward a day, a pound a week, is so much more weight than most people lose over the course of a year. And I appreciate it's hard because you go on the Slimming World groups and there's someone there who's dropped four stone, but there's just not that many people who do it. You know, you've got to think about how many people are in these groups, how many people are on different diet plans. It is going to be a small percentage that succeed, but they're the ones who are willing to persevere. Anything else to add? Uh, yeah, I think we've got to be realistic about results. Obviously, this is the first week, but oh, wow. you know, I'm just thinking about what <laughs> we my, know what's going to happen. Yeah, one of my clients who got, she'd lost half a stone. Now, obviously, like Joe said, this is all very relative because you don't know. Uh, off the top of my head, I can't think of what a starting weight is. I wouldn't share it anyway, client confidentiality. But, you know, when people say, like, I've dropped one pound, two pound, seven pound a stone in a month, you don't know where they're starting, whether they're starting at 10, 12, 16, or 25 stone. So it's all relative. But she'd lost half stone. She said, this is where I'd normally quit because I'd be frustrated with my lack of progress. But this time I'm going to keep going. And it kind of goes into the last podcast we did where like, 
why you know people feeling that they deserve better results than they've got for some reason like I've put this effort in this effort should give me better results than the seven pounds that I've lost which is an amazing amount of weight to lose over a month um, so just being realistic and sensible about your approach but also the results that you're expecting to get and not going well I'm much closer to where I want to be therefore I'm going to quit because it's not happening quick enough I think when you're exposed to it as often as we are that it becomes such a stark piece of madness I guess in that people when they're in the moment they see it as being totally justified I think it's something we're going to have to just repeat for as long as we do sustain that it's just so counterproductive like how many times are you going to do this and how many times are you going to end up starting again and I think it's I've just written something out now saying about how fickle motivation is and that I know I'm at my most motivated when I'm fat and unhappy or not you know it's hard for me to say because I'm never massively fat but it's but the same thing like, relative isn't it it's the same thing like, isn't it? like if you're in a relationship and your relationship's going shit me and you yeah then you'll try much harder than you have been if you think it's going well you can fucking start trying anytime you like you know if you've got no you know if you've got hardly any money then you're going to work harder to make more money than you would do if you had a lot of money in the bank so it's just all relative I don't know what I'm saying now you're also managed to uh, take me off my point too you're you. welcome so being realistic sensible I'll just go into freestyle <laughs> about your approach and about your results you know what I mean it's just it blows my mind that people will weigh in and be like I've only lost one or two pounds this week really disappointed or like, even gained or like, what the say fuck the are same? you talking about yeah it's absolutely it's just I don't know where people pull these numbers Ooh. out of their ass go well I refused lots of food this week, therefore I was expecting a seven pound loss. Like, why? Yeah, I've, I've remembered. Motivation is so fickle. Oh, that's it, yeah. And it's just the thought that, you know, you've had a really good week and you're feeling good, so you're gonna keep going. But then one week you have a bad day, so you're gonna stop. Like, that is not how eating well is gonna work if you want to actually keep weight off. You know, it has to be something that you do long-term. And you have to do it whether you want to or not. Because you can't just expect to feel good all the time and eat well when you're feeling good and train hard when you're feeling good. Because what about the 20% of the year when you're feeling crap and you're tired or something bad happens? You cannot just decide that that's when you're going to go back to the way before because it's just a shitty coping mechanism. You're just using food and, in, you know, whether that be chocolate or anything for a purpose it's not designed for. It's designed to give you pleasure, not to numb yourself from the, the pains of your day. So why not save it for a time that's actually going to give you pleasure and you're going to get more from it? Yes. Mm, a little bit more. You just have to do <laughs> things. You just have to do things when you don't want to. You look at anybody who does anything worth note. And I've just written it now, like building a career, building a happy family, uh, you know, physical exercise. Like it's hard. You have to do it when you don't want to, and you have to do it consistently for the greater good. You got to put the hours in. If you just do things when you can be asked and you fancy it. It's not going to lead to brilliant results. The back-breaking labour into our relationship. Me and you. Yeah. That's what happens when you've got 205, 10, 15 kilo men. The broke back relationship. <laughs> <laughs> We're both naked under these clothes. Um, they... He is having a stroke. You're right. <laughs> you can't see my hands. It's not offensive. Why is he asleep? Right. Uh, I think maybe talk about a bit of better than before as well. Because it seems to be... Do you want to do the good side of it and I'll do the bad yeah, side? Yeah, there's a kind of confusion on that. So, for example... Sorry, I thought the microphone was plugged in. They're like, oh, not again. Um, 
People stressing about kind of better than before. So, prime example in the group, some woman who I presume has a very sweet tooth and normally eats quite a bit of chocolate was having some of the options hot chocolates, like 40 calories a serving, you know, mixed with water, and was worrying about that because it's classed as processed. Which is not. Yeah, and bearing in mind, you know, your weight loss will be driven, or your weight, full stop, will be driven by the amount of calories that you eat, not whether. 40 calories of that come from processed or 100 calories come from an unprocessed food source it's going to come down to calories at the end of the day um better than before yeah <laughs> so if you're looking you know having like a chocolate covered rice cake um it's going to be better than you eating a star bar and if that works then cool go with that so you know kind of looking for lower calorie alternatives you know you get some people who go on about this stuff like well if anything is low fat it's terrible for you. Well, it's not, no, not really. You know, obviously, if you've got a low-fat yogurt, which is then has 6,000 calories of sugar in it, and that's not good. But just learn to read labels. We've got a very handy video on how to read labels. And, you know, look for calorie control. On the whole, small yogurt's never going to be the issue, is it? As we like said earlier, looking at the bigger things. And I think the flip side of better than before is that if someone's being negative... Ironically, when someone's being negative, they often should be saying this is better than before. And the, the side that sometimes, you know, I would critique would be when people haven't been that good and are then saying better than before. So you'll see someone, if they weigh in, they've not lost any weight, and they'll say, but I've been so good, I've not had chocolate, wine, crisps, burgers, whatever. You know, normally I'd have two bottles of wine and this week I've only had two glasses. So you've got kind of two options from there. You can either... It may well be better than before. You may have been in a calorie deficit, but the way in results might have just been masked. So you just have to be patient and wait till the next week. If the next week says the same thing, then you have two options. Either give in and accept that your body is magically hiding calories, or you have to accept that you haven't made the changes calorific or calorie deficit-wise that maybe you thought you had. And you do see this a little bit where you say, but it's been better than before. But if you're not making progress, it needs to be better. Then it needs to be even better, yeah. So it's all well and good, but no one comes to us and says, I just want to eat a bit better than before. Very, very rarely. People will say that masking their true goal and their true pain, because sometimes it's really hard to write down. I'm not happy with how I feel and the way that I look at my confidence levels. You know, it's quite tough to admit this, but often that's the case. We'll go into this stuff more in the mindset week, because it's going to be more useful there. But that's just the flip side of better than before. If you're not making progress and you're not seeing any changes, then things have to be better. I'll give you the, the, the fire analogy I quite like. So if your house is on fire and you calculated you needed a thousand litres of water, then you put a thousand litres of water on and it didn't, the fire was still raging. You can't then say, but I've done enough. Because the issue is your house is still on fire. You aren't making any changes. You've got to do more. So, and you know, it's no good that someone else did use 500 litres, someone else did loads less than you. You know, someone else ate fish and chips just before weighing and they lost weight. It doesn't matter what anyone else is doing. You have to just focus on what you're doing. I think the other one, example for me with a better than before, when it doesn't quite... Well, no, obviously it is better than before, but where it might not represent um, a result is when people go like, all right, I went out and normally I would have 10 pints of Guinness, a pizza and chips. But this time I went out and I had, you know, 10 gin and tonics half a pizza and half a portion of chips which is better than before it is better than before and obviously you know you've saved some potential calories there but then you've still had 10 gin and tonics half a pizza 
and you know a bag of chips so that's what you need to deal with so it's great mindset wise you know you're making massive progress there but it might not result in a physical change because you still have a massive and also I don't fucking care what your friends ate you know it's, it's one of those where people and again you know, it is a positive where people are like all my friends carried on drinking or they ate this x y and z but I had this that's cool but you need to focus on what you are having because you know, you're not going to get in a deficit because you didn't eat as much as your friends. Yeah, and ultimately what matters is getting results. Like, I don't care if someone goes out and has 10 pints of Guinness, a pizza and a bag of chips, if they then lose weight and they're happy with yeah. the results. Because that's what we're here for. We're here to help people get results. And brilliant, if you can eat loads of crap food and lose weight, then crack on. As long as you're eating a lot of healthy food on top and you're making progress and you're happy, that is what matters to me. I don't really care if someone hits three proteins, two veggies and two waters. You know, I think it's going to help them be, make progress if they can make progress without that and they're happy, then that's good for them. That's it. Everything we say is just advice. It's suggested to help people get the best results. It's not mandatory. It's not, you know, I think people get very confused with that. Like, you know, we might say, oh, you probably want to avoid, you know, refined carbs. So that would be bread and pasta. But on the slimming world, you can eat bread and pasta and you still lose weight. If you do, if it fits your macros or track your calories, you can eat bread and pasta and still lose weight. It's not, you know, your body doesn't realize I've signed up for sustained nutrition, therefore if I eat bread, I will automatically gain weight. It's just suggestions to help you create a calorie deficit. Just optimizing, isn't it? Like it's just, we think these things will help and in our experience they have them. Yes. It's not the be all and end all. Massively, but yeah, don't stress. Good. Happy. That is us, thank you very much for listening. Um, head over to the website, sustainnutrition.co.uk if you want to download our 35 rules to easy weight loss. Free cookbook and free training plan. Keep your eyes out for the next 28 day challenge as well. I get a feeling that we're going to get some very impressive results from these guys. If you have tried to download it, we've not received it, please email James. <laughs> Don't do that. Every 10 minutes, and he will get back to you at some Check point. Your goddamn spam your inbox, your junk folder, see if you've already opened it once or twice. And if you've unscrapped around emails, then tough tin it. <laughs>